welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by my Bliss Habit eCourse. That is at theblisshabit.com. And this is an eCourse that is 12 weeks long, but you get to go through it at your own pace. And you have a lifetime membership to this inner circle, this inner tribe of sisters who are so excited to go with you on your journey. This e-course is all about deepening your spiritual practice and busting through your blocks while creating an action plan for you to move toward your goals. So I would love to see you in that group. Go check it out for more information. It is at the blisshabit.com and I would love to see you in this tribe. And you guys, today's guest, I am so thrilled. I have waited so long to talk with this woman and have her on the podcast. I've been reading all of her books. I'm obsessed. Her name is Rebecca Campbell. She's a best-selling author, a spiritual teacher. She's a grounded spiritual mentor and a soulful guide. She's the best-selling author of Light is the New Black and her recent book, Rise, Sister, Rise, which has blown my mind. It's been one of my favorite morning readers because you can just read a page every single morning and it just gives you something to think about. And it really, really just makes you feel incredible and connected, so connected to yourself. It also made me feel really clear on exactly what I'm meant to be doing in the world again, right? Because we're evolving. And that's really what this book is about is stepping in and being unapologetic about what you know you are, who you know you are, and what you are here to do. So in this conversation, we talked about everything from sisterhood to owning your power to really looking at the things that hold us back and how tribal and ancestral that these these wounds are. So if you guys are into really looking into maybe what you've been holding on to around sisterhood, around connecting with people, or around stepping in, what is that fear? Ben, you're really going to find some tools in order to move through those. So let's get started. Here's Rebecca. Rebecca, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you, Laurie, and and with everyone listening in. Oh, this is so awesome because it is my first call and it's her last call of the day because it's 10 o'clock here <laughs> Pacific time and it is six o'clock her time. I don't know what time you're on. <laughs> I'm in London, which is, I don't know, I think British summertime. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love for people who maybe haven't read your book yet or have followed your journey for you to tell us just a little bit about how you got in touch with your inner wise wild woman and just how you got to where you are now. 
Mm. So I feel like, like, like a lot of like highly sensitive people, I had a strong connection to what I would call my intuition or my soul from a young age. Mm-hmm. I do believe that a lot of us come in very connected and it's kind of like through life that we, we learn to disconnect mm-hmm. from that voice of our intuition, you know, the voice of our, our heart versus the voice of our head and living the life that, you know, society tells us to. And I always felt that connection and I always was fascinated by the world of spirituality and the soul and past lives. I just couldn't get enough of it. Mm. But I also felt quite weird growing up being so fascinated by those topics. And mm. so it's almost like I, I, I had a bit of a double life. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, I, I did lots of courses in intuition, read lots of books, but I remember sh- like sharing them with my, my um, school friends and they were like, that's just really weird. <laughs> so I, I ended up making some, a lot of like older wise women who were friends. These are women I'd go to study courses with, um, do study groups and just, just learn really the, the, the path of the soul and the path of, um, the healing arts and intuitive arts. And, you know, ever since I was younger, I look back now and I can see that I was very much being guided to do the work that I do now, but I just, I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be weird. And so I ended up going into a normal career, like a lot of us do, who are coaches now. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I knew I wanted to, to create, I was always into writing. I was always into, um, coming up with ideas and concepts. And so I ended up going into advertising, working as a copywriter and then a creative director. And my kind of like mission, my secret mission was to try and put positive messages out there and I look back now and I'm like, whoa, that was just such amazing training. And there was so much that I loved about it. Mm. But I think that really when I look back, it was like I was just too scared to do the work that I do now. I looked around and I didn't really see anyone my age, like, you know, teenagers, 20s or whatever, who were doing this work. I just looked around and it was like you had to have like gone through a midlife crisis to be able to do this work. Mm. And that was my excuse. (laughs) But now I just think I was just really scared. And to be honest, I was afraid to put my work out there. I was afraid to share my writing and share my voice. And like a lot of people around the year of 2011, leading up to 2012, I had like a lot of personal crumblings, I call it, happen where it was just it became so evident, that, you know, end, end of relationships, like long-term relationship, a loss of several really dear people to me um, through like really sudden death. And then also just then showing up to my job and I just like, I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. It just felt like that, that niggle of like, I know that there's something I'm here to do or there was something I really came here to share. Um, I, it just became too hard to, to ignore that call. And so it was really then that I finally surrendered to the training that I'd had, which had been all around really surrendering to my inner wisdom with what I call the voice of our soul, which everyone has our souls always whispering to us. And so it was around that time that I finally surrendered and, and kind of since then it's been a lot of hard work because I think when you are starting your business or you're changing your careers or 
or, you know, you're just surrendering to what you're being guided to. I think often it does take a lot to show up to it. But at the same time, and I feel it's probably the case for you, Laurie, it was like every step I took, it just felt like the universe was taking like five in support of it. And so while it, it does take a lot to show up to what you're being called towards, I just, you know, I, I just compared to the, the, the life I was living before, I call it like the double life or, you know, just trying to do what you think that you should do. Oh my gosh, my life is so much more easier now. Mm. Oh my God. I, there are so many things that I'm going to pull out of there because I, I'm just <laughs> over here like, amen, sister. Okay. So <laughs> first of all, I love that you shared how important that journey was beforehand, even if it wasn't what you were doing, because it was like the framework for what you're doing now. Because I think mm. a lot of times we can get caught up in feeling bad about not you know, jumping into what we feel we're supposed to be doing, or we can't, you know, view it as a lesson or the allowing. So when you talk about surrendering, what did surrendering look like to you? Because you use that word a lot and it's like, okay, I, I know that I need this word. I know that I need to feel this, but how do we do that when we are in the thick of something that we don't want to be doing in this life with these people around us who maybe were ready to transition? Mm, gosh, that's such a good question. I can tell you what it was like for me. And, you know, I, I really feel that often, not in all cases, but often uh, our soul calling, like the big one, mm. is quite scary. And, you know, but then we get to a point, and this is what happened to me, where it was it, it was more uncomfortable or more scary for me to stay where I was mm. than it was to actually throw my life up in the air. Mm. And, you know, this is why I wrote this poem called I Pray That You Hit Rock Bottom because I really feel that rock bottoms and for many people it might be your Saturn returns, which is around the age of 28 to 30, where it's like, you know, a lot of life tends to crumble and anything inauthentic became, becomes harder and harder to hold on to. And that's what happened to me. And it, it was that I experienced so many devastations in my life in such a short amount of time that it was just kind of like, you know, like what else have I got to lose? And so often those rock bottom moments actually are beautiful opportunities to just be like, you know what, stuff, I'm just going to mm. do it. And now we don't need the rock bottom moments. Uh, I think I did because I was ignoring it mm -hmm. quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was just feeling like, oh, is now the time? Like, am I ready or whatever? And so those rock bottom, that rock bottom moment for me was such a blessing because I remember being, I'd moved into, into this beautiful flat in Notting Hill. It was like a little studio flat. And I, it was like, you know, end of a relationship, all of the kind of like the shedding had happened, the crumbling in my life. And I moved there to try and, you know, make everything better. Like, it's like, oh, it's like I'm living in a movie. It was like <laughs> down the road from the blue door in Notting Hill movie yeah. and all of that. And then what happened, and this tends to happen when you experience like proper grief, where it's like sometimes like the the emotions that, that those waves of grief just kind of hit you and they had me and I was like in the bout of like just like oh what's happening in my life kind of thing 
And then as I cried, I remember the water pipes in my new flat like burst into unison in unison with me. And like at the same time I'd realized that like it needed new new heating, new electricity, new new flooring, and then now new water pipes. And it was like this like beautiful, tragic, poetic visualization. Uh, and visual metaphor really of what was happening in my life where it was like all the old structures which I once defined myself by were literally falling Mm -hmm. and I needed to let them fall away and it was really in that moment when I was just like oh and then the water pipes burst it was like very dramatic but it wasn't until that moment that I wholly and completely just you know I had I call it my F you God moment where it's like, like, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And I finally literally hit the floor and we all have those, those bathroom floor moments, right? Mine was my living room floor, but it just happened to be drenched with the water <laughs> that I finally, finally. And I thought I had up until that point, but I hadn't, I finally just literally hit the floor and I was like, uh, it was like my ego begged for mercy and, and my soul was then able to step forward and lead. And it was really when I look back, it was that moment that I finally said, all right, soul, you are running the shop now. It's not to say I'm dismissing my, my mind and my head, but, but it's just like I've been, I've been living this way my whole life up until now. This is the way I've been taught to, to live. Even though I've been, I've been studying intuition, even though I've been doing this, now, soul is leading from now on. And that's when, for me, everything changed. You know, it was just this real dedication to honouring no matter what the, the, the whispers of my intuition. Mm. Oh, you, you brought me right back to, I, to my rock bottom experience as well. Mm. And, you know, I do believe that they are so, they're, they're such gifts. That's, I mean, every single Mm. time I've ever talked to someone, it's such a gift, but do you have something for people who maybe are, you know, my thing was, I wasn't going to wake up either. Like I was completely Mm. unaware of this world. I was going to block it out as long as possible. I was too painful to even think that I had to do more work. So what about the people though, who are aware, who are listening to this podcast and who maybe have not had a rock bottom, nor do they Mm. want one or foresee one in their future? (laughs) (laughs) is there something that they can do to maybe move into what they want to do without having to hit it? Totally. We don't have to hit our rock bottom. The rock bottoms I think happen when we're ignoring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you haven't amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So there is, there is two, two main one uh, tools that, that are very, very simple, but uh, when you show up to them with dedication, are so powerful. The first one is some kind of what I would call devotional practice, spiritual practice, like spending time with your soul, your heart, your intuition. It could be journaling. It could be meditation. It could be whatever. It could be like your morning walk in nature, but it's like dedicated time to hear the whispers because the more time you spend with that, that intuition that heart self that 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 soul self that's wanting to guide us the louder that voice will get and and honestly that voice of our soul the voice of our intuition is the part of us which is linked to the whole entire universe Mm -hmm. so the more we can hear that whisper 
the 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 quicker it's going to be that we can like sync back up into that rhythmic flow which you know there's this force which mystics and sages through the ages haven't even been able to like agree on the one name for it but it's like what we do know is that is that this same intelligent force that that is in 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 the spinning of the planet the the intelligence that tells flowers when to bloom the, the intuitive hunches that we get, it's all linked. And the more that we can align ourselves to that, the easier or maybe not necessarily easier, but the more aligned life feels. It's like we feel less stuck. And when we wake up, we know what we're waking up for. So that's mm. the first thing, just any kind of practice that will that will allow you to work on that relationship with your soul. And then the, the second one is, um, and this is what I did when I kind of like, I, 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 I knew that I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to teach or, or rather I was being called that way, but just the, the thought of stepping into it just was so such a, it was such a big leap that I just didn't know how to make it happen. And so what I ended up doing, I prayed for guidance and the guidance I got was literally follow what lights you up. Mm-hmm. And at first I was just like, that's a bit lame, like, you know, <laughs> but then I decided to do it because of course I knew when to follow the whisper of the intuition. And what happened for me was I, the, I was like, okay, well, what does light me up? And the thing about lighting yourself up, this is like some people listening may, may feel connected to the term light worker. To me, a light worker is anyone who is living in alignment with their spirit, their inner light, their soul, their spirit, anyone who is willing to uh, allow their presence to be a force of good, a force to, as they enter the, the, the room, it's like they light up the room because it's like they're lit up themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the thing about that, I, I, I couldn't quite answer the things that lit me up, to be honest. Like I was like, oh, you know, I like these kind of books or I like, I like dancing or whatever. And then I ended up right at the top of the list. I realized that flowers were like the number one thing for me. Mm. And then I realized that like, I like had never bought myself like a proper bunch of flowers, like Mm. never. And so I started buying them for myself every single week. And at first it felt like a bit excessive to spend like 20 pounds, which was like $30 US on flowers. It was just like, oh my God, this is so too much. But I I was like, no, I'm dedicated to doing this. Mm. And then from there, I ended up discovering, um, I'm from Australia originally. So nature for me is like the ocean. Mm. Whereas in the UK, they have just the most beautiful, particularly in London, gardens and, and rose gardens and, and like Royal parks. And, and I ended up discovering all the Royal parks and particularly this one beautiful park, which is, um, Regent's park. And in the center is, is the Queens rose gardens. Mm. And as I walked there every single morning, it was like a, it's like, it was a devotional practice for me. I began to hear again, like while being in nature, these like whispers that I would get, I call them soul whispers, which I would write down when I was younger. And so I just started writing them down. It turned into my Instagram posts. It turned into my blog posts, et cetera, et cetera. And before I knew it, it was like a, a proposal for my first book, Light is a New Black. And then it turned into the, the book. And, and 
then the I got the the proposal got accepted and this had all just been happening like it was like the the dedication of showing up every day but it was also effortless like the writing just like flew through me but it was because I was lit up because when we're inspired when we're lit up we're like in our spirit and when we're in our spirit we're in that rhythmic flow and so we're in that surrendered space and it really took my breath away because I was I was putting like the very last word in the word document for my first book Light is a New Black and I I I clicked like file and save Mm -hmm. and like took a breath and was like whoa I just finished the book and and then I looked up and I realized I was in Regent's Park Rose Garden where I had written the whole book from park bench to park bench to park bench. And it just blew my mind because if I had have looked at being like, I have to do this big thing, I need to change my career, I need to da 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 I never would have written that book if I was just focused at that endpoint destination and all the steps along the way. Whereas when we when we connect in with our spirit, with our soul, when we follow the things that light us up, and what lights us up is what puts us into our spirit and 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 leads us from the heart, mm-hmm. then it's like we don't have to we don't have to work out every step along the way. We just need to keep moving our feet. That is so beautiful. I was literally right there with you. And I think I've been there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like trying to remember back and picturing it. Um, uh, uh, thank you so much for that. And, you know, I talked to so many women who they don't even know how to start asking what they like. I'm from um, mm-hmm. the Midwest in the U.S. And it's like, I think that we get so far away from what we actually enjoy mm. because you it it seems like the mentality there or this is what I was around growing up anyway so I don't want to generalize is mm. you really get like you are rewarded if you take everything on yourself if you work hard if you do yeah. it all if you just dig in if you don't ask for help if you you know you're so far detached from who you are and what you enjoy mm. that it's almost like they're getting rewarded for it so what about those women because I know that they come to my events they're like I don't even know who I am uh. Oh my gosh, totally. And first of all, like I so relate with that. I think mm. a lot of like driven women, career women, women who have like, you know, have have had to learn to make it in a man's world. And by that, I don't mean like, oh, it's like anti-men or whatever. I just mean that like the model that we've been raised with, like all of us, this mm. isn't, no one's to blame here. It's just the times we're living in is that it's like, you know, like pain is good. You know, look how much I can with I can hold here. I can like I'm so resilient. And you're right. It's like then we just get disconnected to the things that light us up. We get disconnected to to even like what play is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I I I think that this is such a, a big thing particularly and this is why like the work of like working with your ancestral lines is such a such a such important work where you kind of like unpack like what did I learn Mm. about being a woman what did I learn about you know being like what old way of being once served me but is no longer serving me Mm. so an example for that might be like um uh in order to to excel career wise if you're working in the corporate world 
you probably did have to become very resilient and working hard was good. But it's like, okay, well, is that sustainable? Can you continue that on? And it's such a masculine model like that. I'm definitely like a um, hard worker. All the women in my family are like, you know, it was just like, look how much pain I can hold. Look, mm. look how resilient I am. And then it comes to the point where it's like it's literally not sustainable. And that's why I really feel like nature is such a great teacher for us all. I think it's the best teacher we can ever have. And I'm constantly reminding myself because when we're when we're looking at social media, when we're when we're going from deadline to deadline, regardless of what industry you're in, it's like, you know, you finish one project, then it's the the next one. It's kind of like if we don't take that time to recuperate and regenerate we just like lose ourselves in it. And whereas if you look at nature and it just shows us that like we cannot bloom all year round Mm. and be constantly flowering and constantly delivering fruit, you know, it's like in order for something to rise in us, something probably does need to fall away Mm. to clear that space. If we're really truly wanting to step in and, 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 and properly step forward and rise and, you know, I think that it was it was tragically poetic again. When when my second book came out, Rise Sister Rise, um, I broke my left foot like about two weeks before the book was released, <laughs> and so I had probably would have been one of my biggest speaking gigs um, in the UK here, and it was meant to be like the big launch of of the book, and um, and so I'm there, I'm meant to be you know talking about rise sister rise effectively like you just from the title it's like you know encouraging people to step into what's rising in them and rise up and all of that and I couldn't even stand oh man (laughs) and I just thought like at first it was just like whoa I mean that book that book worked me as I was writing it I tell you um and in a beautiful way but it was just like how perfect actually, because while that book is about rising, it's also about allowing what needs to fall away to fall away in order to surrender what's rising in us. And in order to be like, okay, I, I, I I can't be superwoman. No one can, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, just, yeah. So it's like, it's like, (laughs) it's all good. The, when, when things are are really blooming, it's just as good as when the leaves are falling. Mm. Like one is not better than the other. Oh my goodness. That is, yeah. (laughs) As I'm writing my book, I'm like, yes, I am feeling worked (laughs) in the most beautiful. It's beautiful though. Like I'm actually, I'm loving this freaking process. And that was my goal. What's the title? Um, It's a tribe called bliss. So I cannot wait. uh, So that will lead me into my next question. Mm. Um, So I put a question out on Facebook the other day because I really wanted to almost take sort of an inventory on where are we at around how we feel about each other. And I put Mm. a question out that said, let me think about it. It said, if you feel like you have trouble connecting with women or you don't have a lot of women friends or you don't have a strong tribe around you, why do you feel that that is? And mm. the, que- the the answers, I mean, I could literally start crying right now because it was, mm. it, it's still up. I think there's like hundreds of comments at this point, but they're paragraphs mm. and they wow. are paragraphs upon paragraphs about 
um, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm intimidated. Women are catty. Women are this. They're really, you know, the expect the expectation yeah. and the fear around women relationships was so much for me to even read that I got a little overwhelmed because I'm writing a book mm. on it. And I was like, no, mm. let's just step back <laughs> and, <laughs> and speak from experience. But I would love to hear just cause I know that you see that and you feel that and you do so many events mm. as well, but what, why is it so important for us to heal first? What is your take on that with sisterhood? Let's do one question first. How do you feel about <laughs> women and sisterhood and why is it important? Oh, wow. That's a big question. So I feel like now we are really like increasingly so addressing what I call like the sisterhood wound mm. and I feel like I don't know many women who don't feel it. Like some admit it, some don't. But, you know, it's it's rare for a woman to like, you know, say it's that feeling of like you write someone a text and you're like, oh, they haven't responded. Oh, my God, they're <laughs> mad at me. You know, it's so irrational. Mm. But a lot of women still feel it. And, and you know, there are so many different ways that we can unpack that. I What I really one big thread that I felt in um, particularly when I was writing Rise Sister Rise was first of all, it's like all of the stuff that we're carrying about women and sisterhood and all of that, that actually isn't even ours. It's not even from our personal experience. It's like ancestrally, it's like through the ages. It's like even like past life. Like if you look back to like the, the, the dark ages, like the middle ages where, where it's, it's thought that like women were, you know, they were outed for being witches, meaning a woman who is wise, a woman who trusts her intuition, a woman who knows her power. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were burned at the stake and drowned, like literally persecuted and killed for, owning their power, owning their space. And, and, you know, if you look at like the witches, it's like the coven, it's the sisterhood, right? If you look at women, like in the ancient ages, like in, in, you know, if anyone's read the book of like the red tent, where it's like women used to circle of all ages. And even like, you can talk about periods and come together and bleed together and all of that, be in sync with the moon. And we've become so disconnected from those periods that it's like, particularly with the, the Middle Ages, uh, it's, it's documented that women were forced to turn on each other, mm. like literally to out other women. And I think that we can all feel that. We can all feel the heaviness of that. Uh, because if you look at like in society, and it is changing, but the the age of woman like the the wise woman and the elder is really not welcomed and celebrated in our society and if you look at the archetypes of those women that's the woman who trusts her intuition who is comfortable with sharing her voice who who is is wise beyond her years it's a woman who is powerful and empowered and not threatened by other women and they're the archetypes that haven't been welcomed into society. And so I feel that a lot of us just have this feeling of it's not safe to trust my intuition. It's not safe to, to share who I really am with another. It's not safe 
to let people really truly see see me. It's not safe to be empowered and and own my power because others are going to feel threatened or others are going to out me. And so I really think that that there is so much that we're carrying energetically with all of that that it's like it's like a lot of healing that we're doing when we're working on our mother line and when we're we're allowing other women in you know to really see us and I think also with the whole if you look at society as well it's like the good girl complex of like you know I just need to be nice to everyone and yes sisterhood and all of that and it's almost like sometimes with that sisterhood um, uh, concept it's like you know it doesn't mean like just to it's like we just want to be friends with everyone or whatever. That's mm-hmm. actually not sisterhood either. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the best sisterhood I have is is I've got um, a group of girlfriends and we have this WhatsApp group. And the most amazing thing about it is that we just hold the space for each other to be how we actually are rather than how we think that we should be. So, And we work with our monthly cycle as well. And so for anyone who hasn't done work in the monthly cycle um, – it's in my book, Rise, Sister, Rise, like the, the basic basics of it. And there's other amazing books like my friend Lisa Lister. And then there's another book called Wild Power if you want to delve deeper. But in a nutshell, every month as a woman, um, you if you're menstruating, you go through the four seasons which are linked to the four archetypes of women. So maiden, which is like the virgin, the priestess, um, the mother, which is like if you think like Mother Mary, like there are the two big archetypes that are like celebrated, like in things like the Bible, the oldest book in the world. Um, and then you go into the, the, the wild woman and then the crone. And it's the wild woman and the crone. This, the wild woman is like the PMS phase, the autumn, what's falling away. And then winter is the, the crone, the elder right? And these are the two archetypes that haven't been welcomed into society, but they're also the wild woman is our power and our voice and just kind of like our rage as well. Um, And then the elder is our wisdom, our intuition, you know, and just kind of like owning who we are in our skin and celebrating like all that we've experienced. And it's these two, uh, in our society that haven't been celebrated and I think things are changing, but I think particularly in sisterhood, it's the wild woman and the elder that, that aren't always um, shown because the thing about the wild woman is that, and this is the PMS phase is that, you know, we often can get pissed off and angry and actually that's part of being a woman. But you know, when we're trying to be good girls all the time, then we're trying to hold in that rage, right? And so this is why this this um, WhatsApp group that I'm part of is so great because it'll be like we'll be in that part of our cycle mm-hmm. and we'll just like, you know, t- it tends to be like day 26, everyone loses their shit <laughs> or they like just like everything has to go, the house is a mess, I hate everyone, this is just, you know, and it's probably like in my experience, it's me who's created the mess. <laughs> um, and so in this group, I'm just like, ah, I just want to kill everything right now. My husband's eating very loudly and it's really pissing me <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, whereas in the past, I would have like internalized that. But just by actually letting that out and even saying to my husband, this is really irrational, 
but I kind of want to hurt you right now. But I know I'm also in this part of my cycle, so it's okay. It's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even releasing that, it's almost like it kind of like alleviates the pressure. And I think with the going back to the sisterhood piece is that it's like – when we know that we feel angry and resentful or whatever towards another person, often it's our own shit. It's not theirs. But if we're trying to gloss it over, then we don't trust that the other person isn't doing that too. And so it's like, I I believe it's our, it's our, it's our, um, the constant trying to be like good girls all the time actually causes that mistrust because whereas if we're just honest and real, And, you know, you don't have to be honest and real to everyone, like your boss at work or whatever. But if you have like this circle of women who are trusted, who can hold the space through the when you're the good girl and and then, you know, when you're the raging banshee who's just like everything, you want to burn everything down, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sisterhood, women who can hold the space for you, regardless, who aren't going to judge you for um for losing your shit <laughs> mm-hmm. and equally so they're going to celebrate you when when you win you know so it's like the full rounded so as we move through the archetypes which all of us do some of us just kind of internalize it mm. so that's a this is the thing about sisterhood and the feminine it's like impossible to actually answer with a clear answer because it's like <laughs> yes. so many layers and so many circles <laughs> do you find that oh my gosh oh so I totally have it like I have my tribe we meet we do this mastermind but it's really just oh. very sisterly it's freaking amazing we've done it for about three years now and um it's I, I was right in my circle when you were talking just thinking about how beautiful that is the the mm. space to be able to clear that and just say I feel psycho right now like let me just get this out Mm. and when I'm done I'm like oh oh my gosh because I feel Mm. I feel that that all of you know these feelings that we have it has a voice and it needs to Mm. speak and it's like when we Mm. try to tell it no no you're fine it's like no actually sometimes I just want to say it and so that's been a really really beautiful thing for me is just having that space to say how I feel and also to celebrate like to equally you know one woman might be having a day where she's got to put a voice to that you know that ugly or whatever it is and then in the next you know the same circle it could be a woman celebrating and we're able to do the same you know we're able to kind of shift gears like that and I just think that that's so awesome the fact that you can know that I think what happens in sisterhood is we meet women and we meet everyone at their best right it's like so then we think we have to always live up to that first person that they met and that's too much pressure I'm just going to avoid it altogether because I don't want to disappoint people yes exactly and 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 that's the thing where it's kind of like we expect also that we have to have everything together in order to Mm -hmm. gather or Mm -hmm. or we need to like you know help the other people but actually I think real sisterhood is actually not advice Mm -hmm. and and all the time it's like literally just witnessing someone Mm -hmm. kind of like venting or witnessing someone being vulnerable sharing where they're really at like that is more healing than let me fix it for you. Mm, I could not agree with that more because when you when you clear that, that gives space for your answer and your soul to actually give you the answer. Exactly. So, and it always knows. And always. we probably know ourselves, but it's like, oh, is that really the answer? Okay, it is. I voiced it out loud. Dang when it. you voice something out loud, it's like, 
the body doesn't lie, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so one of the things that I love um, was you, you talk a lot about um, the good girl or just freeing the shackles of what you think. And I believe that when we feel like we have to be the good girl or this is, this is for my life, right? This is how my, my perspective from it. Um, you know, the good girl, because I was raised super religious and this good girl always, always wants to keep me in a box. So whenever Mm. I notice that I'm like, what is that? Why is that? Why do I think that this is wrong for me? So I'm just going (laughs) to, I'll share something quick that I recently did. I recently was like, I have been wanting to get my septum pierced forever. Like, why am I? So randomly one day, my husband was out of town. (laughs) I was writing all day long. I was writing my book. It was like five hours into it, right? And I was like, that's it. I am so sick of thinking that I need to look a certain way because I also did fitness modeling for a long time. And they were like, you can't dye your hair. You have to look this way. No tattoos, none of this. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to go get my nose pierced. So I drove there (laughs) by myself, pierced my septum and then freaked out afterward. And I was like, what are my people going to think? Because I have all of these women who that's not going to be okay for them. Like it's not going to be okay for me. And then the second I put it up, someone had sent me a message that said, why did you do that? You're way too classy and sophisticated. You just completely uh, changed how, like how I think of you. And I, I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, this is why mm. I did it is because I'm being put in a box because I'm putting myself in the box. So, mm-hmm. so what is that for you that made you write that about the good girl? What was holding you? What was it making you feel like? How are you feeling when that comes up? What do you do? Mm. Well, I feel like I love what you said about like the being in the box thing. And I, I really feel like going on to like the tribe conversation, which you mentioned before, I think it's related to that. And what I feel is so because I, I was in like advertising and, and marketing and all of that kind of stuff. When I went to start my business, if I had have like gone at it from the good girl as in like, okay, let's make it all perfect and fit into a box. And, you know, I would have had a very different business to the one I have today. I certainly wouldn't have written my first book to light workers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have like written something a lot more normal. <laughs> I definitely would. But it got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Like I just, I just, I'm suffocated. Mm. I can't, I don't want to live like this. Like to me personally, the worst, the worst thing in the world would be like untapped potential or, Mm. or like not being able to express what I came here to express. Right. And so for someone, it might be, it might be a creation or a book or a business or someone else. It might be something completely different. And so what I had to do to myself is rather than I had to like kind of push away all the stuff I learned in, in communications at first and just basically write to myself (laughs) because I was just like, you know what? Like, I know that like there was, there was, there was words and there was a leader that I wish I had and, and I just need to be that and trust and I had no idea if it would work but I just had to trust that there were people out there who needed to hear exactly what I needed to hear and that's the most common bit of feedback I get from particularly my first book was just like oh my god I thought I was the only one who felt like this and this is the amazing thing about the time we're living in now and particularly if you're being call to express yourself through the written word through whatever way it's like 
you know, that's, there is a reason for that. And sharing our voice, it's like, I really believe in sharing our voice, expressing our, the uniqueness within us. Like, I think I love that you got, got your, is it septum pierced? I love that. (laughs) But that's what, you know, any of the person who, who, who commented and is like, Oh, I'm thinking of you differently. Like they're not for you when you're not for them. So it's just like, okay, glad that we got that sorted. Mm -hmm. Now let's clear up the room. So the people who can really hear me can step forward. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're we're not for everyone Mm -hmm. and that's that's a really difficult thing to get our 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 mind around where it's Mm -hmm. just like oh when when we just want approval and we want people to like us like that's such a normal thing we want people to like us but at the end of the day it's like if you're if you're trying to fit into a box the people who are your people won't be able to see you Mm -hmm. whereas the ones that are your people gosh laurie they'll be like oh my God, I love her because mm. of that, you know? Mm. And so it's like the more the merrier, like, you know, mm. it's just the more we embrace who we are, um, the more our people can see us and find us and recognize us. Mm. I love that. And going back to um, the sisterhood and just creating, you know, if, if people don't have connections, uh, a lot of the fear that I, I was feeling Uh, from that post was talking about uh, just the commitment and the time. So I think Mm -hmm. when people think about women, they're like, yes, I would love these friends in this tribe, but I don't even have a second for my family. So Mm. what I'm kind of doing with this book, and I'll take your spin on what you, what you do with your tribe. I'd love to hear it is we have, you know, meeting times and we have not, Mm. I don't want to say rules. We have agreements. We have, you know, um, times that we're going to meet. We have, we're, we're not necessarily going to pull all this time. And there's also an understanding there where we know what's important for that person and what's needed. So how do you, Mm. do do you state agreements? Do you state times so that it stays in this area where nobody feels like it's too much to keep up with? Mm. So I have a couple of different groups and like I don't necessarily have like a specific circle that I sit with like every month I mean I run an online version of that called the rise sister rise sisterhood membership so that's my circle but I'm leading that um and so that's I'm in there every day you know that's that's my membership site Mm. um and that's for people from all over the world you know and and many of those women have then gone off and created their own physical circle because they've like met someone oh my god you live like down the road from me (laughs) but as far as my my personal closest girlfriends um I have a couple of like they're just like message circles which we check into like pretty much every day but we might you know go off the radar for like four days but like it's nothing personal Mm -hmm. but then I've got a couple of agreements like with my friend Holly we both um we both do a thing which we call walk and talk and so it's like every fortnight um so every every two weeks we have like a phone date and so it's like literally just like a download and an update um where and we just like walk around the park on the phone Um, And I've got the same thing with another friend in Australia. So, yeah, I find that they're great. And 
they're they're great as well because it's like it's not so much a like a phone conversation as it is like okay you go tell me tell me what's up for you Mm. and then we'll take it in turns and so it's it is like that format of holding the space rather than just kind of like blah 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 blah. and we do a bit of that (laughs) but it's more just kind of like okay cool you go let's put a boundary on this when do you have to get off the phone half an hour great okay 15 minutes go and and I find that really works and I love I love that because it's like also we both want to exercise more so that helps it's like we're witnessing each other in that and you know also with with my friend Holly we both like there's core things that we're both working on and we just like hold that for each other so whether it's kind of like oh you know in the the autumn phase of our cycle we know that we might overeat Mm -hmm. then we'll be like how's the eating going and so like you know so we're kind of like really asking for what we need as well as being there for the other person and then then it's just like in the moment having these agreements where it's just kind of like you know say the thing that you are struggling with whatever it is just being like oh my god right now I'm about to do this and I'm just texting you because if I don't if I'm not witnessed in this I'm gonna do this Mm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and it's not even about getting the response it's just you know you might just get an emoticon (laughs) because they're (laughs) dropping the kids to school or whatever but it's just like knowing that you're there, you're safe, you're with someone, someone's Mm -hmm. witnessing you through it. Wow. Yeah. That is so powerful because I think we're afraid to ask for what we need and say, Hey, I want this relationship, but I, you know, what works for me is, you know, every other week. Is that okay with you? Yes. And that's what we're afraid to say. So we just never enter at all because we're afraid of disappointing. Yes. And then we're afraid of saying, Oh, I can't show up today because Mm -hmm. of this. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. So it's like checking in with the the boundaries constantly. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So what has been the toughest thing that you've had to let go of in order to free yourself and step into your most authentic version of you? Oh, oh my God. I think it was my career. Mm. Like I'd always really defined myself by that. I knew my whole life that it was like my work is what I'm contributing to the world. And it was just, it was like having to let go of what I had built. That was the hardest bit because I'm just like, it was this concept of like wasted time. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. And so if there's anyone out there who was like, oh my gosh, I've just, but I've just devoted so much to building this. And it's just like, I can't just give it all away. I just really want to encourage you if you are being called to, to follow a different path. And it's, you are really clearly getting that. I really encourage you to, to honor that because you know, the dots always join in the end and the training that you've been getting, like it will, nothing's ever wasted. But Mm. yeah, that was definitely the hardest thing for me. Mm. I love that. And I think people have fear around just leaving everything, but a lot of the times the transition doesn't look like just up and leaving and this is what I'm doing now. It's kind of like we have evenings, you know, we have weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and evening it, like what, what looked like a leap to someone else is actually like, probably about a thousand baby steps, you yes. know, it's like, and if you're like, okay, there is this direction I'm wanting to walk it, walk towards, just do like one little baby step every day. By the end of the year, you would have done 365. Oh. You know, that's all. 
lot of stuff. And, you know, it can be five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's like the whole concept of writing a book, which I know you're all over, Laurie, mm-hmm. but it's like it's easy to look at, oh, my God, I have to write a book. Like mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I need a whole year of doing nothing but being in this amazing writing cave where I have nothing in my life mm-hmm. but that. But really, the way <laughs> if I did that, I I wouldn't be very productive. <laughs> the way to write a book, I believe, it's like twenty minutes a day, mm. chapter a day. Or like, my chapters are very short, so <laughs> it is a chapter a day for me. <laughs> but it's like you know, just get get take just step towards it. Mm-hmm. And you know, this concept of like, oh, you know, waiting for permission or is it definitely the right thing? It's like you're the only one who gets to decide that Mm. and you know for example like if you do want to write a book or insert whatever it is here want to be a professional writer like the only thing that 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 differentiates an amateur one to a professional one is that they show up and write every Mm. day like they say this is what I'm devoting myself to Mm -hmm. and so you get to decide totally I love that. And like, you know, when you're writing a book, it's like life doesn't stop. It's just if you can view it different, mm. it's life is content. Everything I do that I'm like, I wish I wasn't yes. doing this. I'm like, nope, this is content. Where is the content? Show me the content. <laughs> it's so true. And then, and then it's like, okay, I have this decision to make. Well, which would be the best chapter? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly so what I'm doing right now. I'm like, this is going in. Oh, this is going in. <laughs> yay. I love it. So, I love oh. it. Well, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I, I have like 20 questions I never got to, which is which means it's a perfect podcast. So Yay. So with that said, I would love for people to find you, follow you, and most definitely I'm telling you, I have like 10 of your books. I've given half of them away and I save them as I meet oh, amazing women. So mm. yes, I've I just they're like the most the world's most perfect sisterhood gift. So with that mm. said, where can we get your books and follow you? Great. Well, my books are, you know, in all the places that books are sold, Amazon, Audible, iTunes, all of that. So if you just type in Rebecca Campbell or Light is a New Black or Rise Sister Rise, um, my website is RebeccaCampbell.me. And um, on there, there's different like courses and meditations and stuff. But if you're feeling like you want to spend like more time with your soul and connect with other like-minded women, I really recommend the Rise Sister Rise membership, the sisterhood. It's just so, so beautiful. We do like sacred retreats and meetups as well. And, um, yeah, I'm all over social media. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. It's Rebecca Thoughts. And, yeah, Facebook, same thing, and Twitter, the same thing. So, yeah, look forward to connecting with you guys. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show, Laurie. It's just been so nice to connect with you and, and, and your people. I love that. And I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do. And you are making such a mm. massive impact. And truly, when I read your pages. I just feel completely dropped back in and connected. So you are affecting my work. You're affecting so many people's work out in the world. So I just want to thank you and acknowledge you. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. So if you are in an elevator only for like 30 seconds with somebody and they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Mm, trust the wisdom of your soul. Mm. 
That is so perfect and beautiful. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being on. And you guys, if you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friends and especially your sisters. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.